0: Hello and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable.
1: And I am Bill Price.
0: Welcome, everybody. Uh, Today, we are going to start the podcast with a question for you, the listener, based off a question that we, and I'm sure many of you who board game, get repeatedly by people who do not play board games or modern board games, and uh, when they ask you what it is like or what modern board games are like when you tell them, this is a hobby I do. And you say you say board games, and they say probably what do they say, Bill? They say oh, like Monopoly. And you say no, <laughs>
1: nothing like Monopoly. <laughs> and they go what? Um, so like sorry, or like really advanced, like Risk? I got it. It's Boggle, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, no. And 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 that's that. Therein lies the the big question, the frustrating part um, for an industry this large. Uh, it's really difficult to imagine how there's such a widespread ignorance of what uh, modern board games are and and it's incredibly difficult to explain like how would you I've tried to explain no like it's there's more mechanisms to it and you don't just like roll dice to move but then I guess there are some games that do and like where, what do you, <laughs> how do you explain it? Because yeah. I've tried, I've, I've fallen into this pit and uh, their eyes glaze over and they just try and change the subject because they obviously cannot grasp whatever I'm trying to explain to them and it just feels like another missed opportunity. Yeah.
0: Can you, do you guys have a quick, a quick reference or a quick, uh comment that you that you used because i i've i've struggled with this as well and it's so frustrating because it's like i get not everyone's going to be in the hobby but it's so weird today for such a large industry that you have to explain it to that extent like um it's like because i've 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 several times inadvertently been like, oh, Monopoly, no, that's a terrible game, and then gone on to try to explain something, and that's like, but a lot of people have fond memories from Monopoly as right. childhood, and You've so I don't want to be disparaging, you know, and uh, but it's like Monopoly, oh, do you still play Monopoly? You don't probably, right? Because it's a terrible game, and right. after you played a few times as a kid and got frustrated when you couldn't win, or you maybe you did win, and it just wasn't satisfying, and a game went
1: on forever. because yeah, you don't know why you won. You just know yeah. that it took you four hours to do it, uh, mostly because everyone else stopped playing.
0: Right. They, they glazed over, and then there was a runaway leader. And then it, the game became, let's just watch this person destroy us, and we have to participate in it for the next hour.
1: Right, right. Um, my, I... And I can't explain it, but I you do usually if somebody shows even the remotest interest, or they're like, "Oh, yeah, I like board games. Like, I really like Sorry and Life and things like that." And I'd be like, "Okay, well, maybe if I can get you to sit down and play something like a Ticket to Ride, right, or Space Base, or something. You know, even something like uh, like a Parade." Or something like that where you can bring somebody in and say, Okay, it's familiar like a game, right, but it's does more advanced things. Does this how does this feel? And and I I feel like the only way to really get someone to be like, Oh, I get it, is for (laughs) them to play it. And and I don't know if that I mean, if that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, um, it's it's not always the easiest thing to do, but um
0: well that's fun that's the funny thing too is yeah. like whenever you start <laughs> inevitably explaining this you do get to that point of you know why don't you just come play this game with me it yeah. turns into this weird like uh multi-level media or marketing pitch to them <laughs> like yeah exactly. hey, tell you what come to this group i have every week with all my closest friends and then uh you can come play with us and become one of us and that's why we'll tell you what we are it's like exactly. one of us
1: one of us yeah, but come it, hang out with the rest of us at amway i yeah, mean i mean yeah. game group
0: yeah but you really do i mean it's it's you want to show people that game uh, or that experience and just be like no 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 you trust me if you have any interest in i don't know things that are fun you there's let's play a game a quick game of parade or even like a longer game Catan still holds up as an amazing intro game to people that don't understand what games are it's obviously it a, does yeah obviously you have to have the time to play it but it is still hits a lot of the marks of it picks up kind of on similar strategic viewpoints from older kids games but of course does them way better and in a much more fun experience
1: yeah it's got that random piece because of the die yeah you get to roll dice the resources so you get to roll die that's familiar um but at the same time there's also that uh that negotiation and that um that fun kind of that that trading piece of it that i think a lot of people really like who are new to board games because that's kind of familiar with like a game like Monopoly but at the same time this is done in a way that shows them what modern board games can do right you know they can be about this social experience they don't have to be about sitting there passing go collecting two hundred dollars right um and for like four hours yeah they don't it doesn't have to be like that
0: half the board that is owned by everyone else it
1: doesn't have to be like that so um but it's still got those other elements the random elements and things like that and just that tip of the iceberg of strategy um i think that if you played somebody who was a master of Catan and you just started learning to play you would still win sometimes yeah you know so there is still such a random element it's not as random as like a monopoly or you know life or something like that um, but it's still it's got those familiar elements and I think that that's a good way to kind of get people to advance i I would love for us to do sometime a top five uh gateway game oh that'd be fun yeah because I, I and, and I want us to leave out like the big ones like we'll come up with like Catan yeah, and Altiness. Ticket to Ride are, yeah. are are out the door. If yeah, you clearly so yeah, clearly those are good. Yeah, clearly those are If you don't, those don't are have choices. those then then what are kind of your your other sort of suboptimal but still but great choices? Those are big choices. games and so yeah,
0: there's a lot of other options that yeah. fill another uh, gap for um, of size or gameplay. Yeah, that'd be fun list to do. Yeah.
1: Agree. But um, we would love to hear your thoughts on uh, on Twitter at um, eavesdrop.com, search for Roasted Games. There's a feedback there. Uh, also, join in on the uh, the Facebook page. Uh, would love to know how you explain your hobby to people who are unfamiliar with it. Because right. I've struggled with that for <laughs> so long, and it, it gets so frustrating that you just you can't. It, it happened the other night at, at game group. Somebody brought somebody, and um, he was telling me sitting there while we were waiting for her to show up, and he says, yeah, I'm a little nervous because when I told her, hey, yeah, board game group, you know, you should come. And she goes, oh, like Monopoly. And he's like, mm, and he kind of puts his, his head in his hands. And he's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't really know what to say. And I, I get it. Uh, it, it. It's almost unfair because if I say... I'm going to my friend's house to play video games. Nobody says, oh. Like like, Minesweeper, right? Like Pong? No, (laughs) nobody says that. Tetris? No, they they know what you mean when you mean modern video games. You're probably going over to play, you know, uh, Modern Warfare or (laughs) Battlefield 4 or whichever one's out now. Uh, You can tell I'm not a video game player, (laughs) (laughs) But I know of them, and nobody needs to explain what a modern video game is to me. So uh, we would love to hear your opinions uh, and, and how you approach this, because that is a conundrum. Yeah, or ups and downs of your
0: explaining... Uh, <laughs> adventures because like I said I've I've accidentally really offended people who have deep love for Monopoly and yeah. probably uh, lengthened the time that they would have come to play with me by saying like Monopoly that's a pile of garbage I would <laughs> never play a Monopoly but you should really come and play games with us though because we really like games yeah, and we're, we're not very snobbish. friendly people <laughs>
1: yeah, we're not snobbish at all we just hate everything <laughs> just hate you hate game. everything you like Yeah, it's also the
0: game that never dies it's so bad but just won't die like there's a um, because well, they
1: keep putting out new ones well there's one
0: company now that they uh, oh, what else did they do I think they did i think they did the thing um i could be wrong about that i probably am wrong about this but i remember looking up who like who is printing monopoly now and it's just it's one company that is responsible for keeping a lot of the the it's not still like parker brothers no it's like uh, it's like a bigger corporation or maybe it's tied together but it's like american Cards and games or something like something like that it's like got america in the title so it's one of those companies Hmm. that's Probably owned by China or something. But cause right. like, when it has America too prominently, it's like uh, not that many American companies need to put the country name in it. So, Do um, not
1: look behind the curtain. We are America.
0: <laughs> it says so in our name. But it's freaking everywhere, too. Like, I remember traveling overseas and seeing Monopoly and all over the place and i used to have oh, a friend yeah. who collected monopoly boards um i mean it's impossible though it's a you, oh, your yeah. house would be floor-to-ceiling monopoly boards there's so many because they won't stop printing it in every iteration but it's just like this virus once you start seeing it's like this virus that's infecting the world it's pandemic except if it was monopoly boards and monopoly printings
1: well they have like monopoly sections at like target and walmart oh and yeah, you go yeah. and it's like a whole shelf top to bottom that's like 30 different types of monopoly and all the stores have like different ones. So you're like, it's not just the 30 that are out. It's 30 and then 30 different ones at another one. It's I, it is, it is an epidemic indeed. It's like, it's amazing that it keeps going, but it's also one of those things
0: as board gamers that you get frustrated because it's not, it's not that, there's so many better kid games even, like, we're, oh, yeah. we're, like, I play games with my son a lot and I love playing games, but. but would you ever subject him to Monopoly? No, because it's just, oh, it's hell just no. Rule, Because <laughs> it's just like, well, I'm going to beat the crap out of you and then uh, get no satisfaction out of it because you didn't really know what you were doing and sort of at the
1: whims of the dice. <laughs> He'd probably rather you physically beat the crap out he of him. He probably her. would, yeah. Yeah, I know I would um so yeah so let us know and uh i think that ends our rant A rant and dy- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start
0: starting these with different rants <laughs> you, know, you don't have to be game related like why can't i get rid of this toe fungus <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears
1: yeah i'm um, getting older and i don't like it <laughs> indeed none of us do all right so i guess we will hop into uh games we played last week so um i played Gizmos by um, Phil Walker-Harding, who is literally our favorite.
0: All right. (laughs) Every time Phil's name is mentioned, we will have a positive sound effect. It wasn't my doorbell, in case you heard that. That's just what happens when Phil Walker-Harding. Bing bong, bing bong. (laughs) Phil Walker-Harding. He is is our favorite. Although that is what goes on in our heads every time we mention phil because we love him and he's becoming
1: our favorite. Yes, Um, so uh, I got to play it, I played it once before with Kaz, just me and Kaz, and we didn't play it right, but we still really liked it. Um, Described it as a uh, little more advanced Splendor, like if Splendor's a five, this is a six. Um, Not on the honey roasted scale or anything, just on the complexity scale. I know, no one would ever rate (laughs) Uh, no one would ever give a five of complexity to Splendor, but let's just for the sake of argument. Um, so it's a n- step up. Uh, in fact, when I played it with Kaz, uh, he literally said while I'm laying it out, he's like, Oh, this is Splendor. I'm like, well, sort of let's look. It. Um, so I played it with, uh, three players and with four players and, um, uh, both were great. I preferred the three player, uh, simply because I won that one, um, but the four-player was a lot of fun, too. It, it does play differently, for sure differently, mm-hmm. at uh, different player counts. But, um, but I don't think one was any better than the other. Uh, There's a little bit of downtime, but since you can only really do one thing, it's usually fairly quick. Um, I think the first couple of times you play with somebody, expect a little bit of analysis paralysis, uh, just because there are a lot of options, and then you have to sit there and kind of look for... Um, different triggers and things like that. Um, so, uh, because there are chain reactions and things that go there. Um, so, I, I definitely recommend that one. It was a lot of fun. It's basically Splendor, but with marble drafting instead of um, the poker chips. And I will not go too far in depth there, but uh, it is a good game. Honey yes, roasted. Yes, very, very
0: fun. Surprisingly, I yes. um, I guess not surprisingly, it looks it looks like kind of what it is. But but the thing that was surprising that it wasn't for kid
1: themed. Yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's not not a kid's game. Um, and when I posted the some positive comments on it on Twitter, uh, we got a like by uh, Phil Walker <gasps> Harding himself, bing-ong, bing-ong. the man, the myth, the, the legend. legend. Yeah. So uh so you know, we're kind of a big deal. We need to
0: start some sort of awards that are like the Phil awards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it would be for, just uh, games
1: I'm, that we like. <laughs> I would really like to see further down, I think we we should do a uh a roasted games Hall of Fame where yeah. we do quarterly inductions and we can do a handful of designers and a handful of games. So when we talk about somebody, we can say by uh you know, Roasted Games Hall of Famer Phil Walker Harding. Right, <laughs> right, Yeah. So, um, so that is one of the games I played. What What about you? I uh, so I want to real quick touch base
0: on what game I uh played previously in a previous episode, but I've been playing more because I'm determined to figure out why people love this game, and I think I might have gotten something. Um, oh, also real quick, so the company I was thinking of is called USAopoly. And I don't know, so it is still Hasbro and Parker Brothers that do Monopoly, but for, I think they're like a uh, bulk publisher because they publish Clue, Monopoly, but they publish all of the like offshoot editions, like oh, okay. the I, I don't know some of the Star Wars stuff, and, uh, or not Star Wars, but some of the um, like I don't know Adventure Time, some weird, right? But that's all like primarily what they Spence do. But also, like, they've, they've got a lot of Bang offshoots, like Walking Dead Bang. So, they do, I don't know, they contract in weird ways to publish existing games, but with um, different themes. Different themes, yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, side note. But um, I have been playing a little bit more of uh, The Lost Expedition. I've been playing it solo, and I got a little obsessed with it this week. And I wrote out, I took a a notebook, because I was like, why do I feel like I don't get what I'm supposed to be doing here? And I took a notebook, and I wrote down, um, there's six... Items that, you, that are either positive or negative. You either gain them or you have to spend them to do stuff. And each card has variabilities of how they pop up and how many times they pop up on a card is always different. There can be one or two or however many. But um, So anyway, I wrote this all out on a spreadsheet as like a reference sheet just to be like – because some games, it's so obtuse on what – the like how much life do I actually have how is it possible for me to get life at all and so I just wrote it down it is not very much not very easy to get bullets so be careful with your bullets don't just go willy-nilly spraying the jungle with gunfire uh (laughs) when you have to spend health know that your chances are pretty good you'll get some opportunities to get health so anyway I use this as a reference sheet and I've been playing a couple more games I still have not won this game but I have done better than I did before and I'm enjoying it better than ever before and so what I will say for the producers of this game think about maybe having a reference sheet for people like me who don't want to play the game 50 times to figure out kind of what I'm supposed to be doing like I get frustrated with games like that that aren't obvious especially games that are hard and survival based I still have fun figuring out the puzzle when I kind of know the broad odds because there is luck involved. It's not always going to be that I'm going to get a windfall of life when I need it, even if the odds say I could. It's still difficult. I have to manage my resources. But anyway, that's my long, <laughs> long I, rant
1: about. I for This is kind of a nerdy podcast, and that is probably that really the uh, nerdiest sorry, thing. Sorry that to hit
0: you guys so early with that. but Ever uh, been on it. It's so, been on my mind. <laughs> I'm just obsessed, like it looks like a beautiful mind in my office upstairs where I have like graphs and sheets and this leads to that. And if I take this how then what are the odds? Out? Is it better or worse to kill off one of my explorers for a benefit? Um, have you consider that this just isn't a great game. I have, I have, but I'm determined it's me. It's me who is the problem, not the game. The okay. secrets in the game all speaking right speaking of uh, obsessing this is totally off topic but uh <laughs> before we recorded i was reading an article about how Nicolas cage actually did go on a, <laughs> a holy grail hunt by himself not as an actor but as a man Nicolas cage who has a lot of money to spend huh he literally tried to find it uh that was kind of how i felt with this game trying did to he, find the holy grail did he find it oh yeah he found it yep. oh oh he's, good he's god now. good i'm surprised
1: yep. i didn't read something about that
0: um no. Anyway, so I, I would say I I do actually, because I, I mentioned before in the last time about this game is that I kept coming back to it. Like there's something about it that's engaging. And I, 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 even though I was like, I don't really like this that much. like It's okay, but it feels like too frustrating for me. But then I would keep like, oh, I want to I get back to it. I want to beat it because it's short. So it's not too long to get into and try. But having that reference really gave me a sense of what I could try to aim for or have an idea of what strategies I should, I should engage with. So I have enjoyed it. I don't think for me personally, it's my game. I'm not getting rid of it anytime soon, but um, if you guys are having the same trouble, reach out to me. I will happily send you my manic scribblings.
1: <laughs> I have a slightly different path that I take with games that I play and don't really care for that much. Uh-huh. Um, I leave them in the box <laughs> and I usually put the box somewhere where I am not like storage or the trash. <laughs> so, um, so you're punishing it. It knows, knows what it, it right. did. It knows what it did. It's not It's not me. It's the game. Um, Think about yeah, what you did. I,
0: Maybe next year I'll try you again.
1: I have so many games and there are so many games out there that I. the thought of wasting time actually <laughs> playing a game that I'm like, meh, this is mediocre at best. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> it will never, ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, oh. the other benefit of that is uh, we were doing some design work uh, this week, and Bill has a huge collection of parts he has scal- uh, salvaged from other games, and uh, so it's a fun, almost a fun game in and of itself to go through Bill's bins and being like, this this design piece, like, ooh, what are these from? These pieces are cool. It's like, well, that's a terrible game named blah 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 blah, <laughs> but these trucks are amazing. And so, they are.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so the that's trucks. benefit. The trucks from Bootleggers, which actually <laughs> isn't an awful game. It's just I couldn't get anyone to play it with me, and then. Uh, I have kids, obviously, um, mm-hmm. that are grown up now. But when I've had this game forever, and uh, they would like go through my games and like pull shit out, and so it it was it's one of many games that I'm like, okay, I don't even know where all the pieces are. So I'm gonna salvage <laughs> the stuff that I do have, and uh, eh, it, the game was uh, average at best. So, uh, but the trucks are super cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, we played. As a group, yes, with Kaz at a full complement of players, uh, which is eight. So this game plays four to eight, and it is called Good Critters. It is a remake of an uh, old, older German game called Tifa Taschen, which is Deep Pockets. Which, uh, upon investigating that, it is um, about politicians who are raiding the treasury and dividing up the money between the corrupt politicians and it's uh, it's not some it's not a social deduction game but it's a social game. I don't want to call it a party game because that to me yeah it's definitely gives it a, a weird connotation uh, but it kind of is a party game. Um it's an I split you choose so there's a boss and then everyone else are just regular old fuzzy critter, uh, bad guys. And, uh, we pull off these heists and the boss splits up the loot and there's, uh, loot cards are drawn up to, uh, two more than the player counts. So, uh, Sam, the boss, and uh, I would draw 10 loot cards and then I would divide these cards up amongst everyone, including myself. And so everybody then has these voting cards where they vote, Um, Yes or no. And this is the simplistic version they vote yes or no on whether they approve of this split or not. If they do, then they take that money into their own pockets and uh, I draw 10 more cards. Um, If it's no, then the money stays out there and the boss moves to the next person who then takes, draws a couple new cards and splits the loot out again. Uh, When then the voting happens again. If the yes and no votes are tied, then um, everybody keeps the money the way that it was split up, but uh, the boss then moves to the next player. So it um, there are other things you can do, like you can threaten people with your figure that lets you rob them, and then you can also guard against people robbing you, and then you can steal loot from each other and things like that. So it can get really chaotic and fun, but... Um, and with eight, it was exactly that. It was super chaotic, yeah. but super fun. Uh, I think at the very end, I don't think anyone knew. I think we knew who didn't win. Like there were a handful of people right, that were right. like, okay, uh, they're not going to win. Not in contention. But we weren't sure. There were a couple people we thought uh, might have won that uh, that didn't. So it's, uh, it, it's not one of those things where there's a real runaway leader problem or anything like that. It does really come down to the end. And, uh, and I didn't think it was super long, but I think it can be longer, uh, depending on, uh, the negotiation phase. Cause there is this phase where everyone's kind of telling each other, you know, you better vote yes, you better vote no, and I'm going to threaten you, and, <laughs> you know, things like this. So that it, it really depends on, uh, and we had pretty lengthy, um, pretty lengthy negotiation periods. So, um, but super fun game if you have yeah. a, a super high player count, uh, you know, eight players, eight people, and you don't want to split up four and four, or, you know, it's towards the end of the night, and you don't want to get a bigger game started. Really, really fun game. Uh, I highly recommend it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing it again. What did you think?
0: I also really liked it. It was, um, yeah, it had that uh, similar feel to those big, big table, big player count games, and um, just, a, just a fun big table experience. But the the uniqueness of it was really cool. I really loved the fact that someone is the boss, that bribing your, everyone at the table to make sure you stay the boss was fun. And I started at the almost, not quite, but almost the other end of the table. So if the boss changed, it would have taken a long time to go around me. So my goal was a little different than trying to become the boss. I was just trying to get the boss closer so I would have more ability to um, steal money. <laughs> There's a skim card that you can play, which is basically you're skimming off the top but it's first person to play it gets it and you go in player orders from the boss and the boss can play it so if you're going down the line and someone plays it and you're at the end of the end of i don't know if i'm fifth um or sixth odds are i'm not going to ever get to play skim so my incentive for that if i want to is to try to move the boss or to try to affect the game um in in other ways sort of underhandedly and it just does a great job of like of uh like uh, a crime a dysfunctional crime group of people (laughs) trying to lobby for power and money and influence and greed and but it it was a really fun way but it is so insanely chaotic but in such a hilarious way the game is really funny because if you really think of what you're doing that you're you know you're good critters so you're good fellas with animals um but if you're if you're down the, if you, if you think of it, the, uh, the strength of the crew, the boss is the leader and then his underlings, in order of importance, go down the table next to him. So I was very low on the totem pole, but I was just causing trouble trying to like bribe and threaten my compatriots um, and faking, trying to fake them out to try to uh, basically weasel out as much money as, my, as I could with as little power as I had. and And it was so fun. Once you get into the game, it's such a blast. Um, so I, I loved it as well. I thought it was very fun.
1: Yeah. They did a really good job with, uh, incorporating the theme because it really does feel like, uh, I mean, especially when you start threatening each other and bribing people and stuff, (laughs) it feels like you're a bunch of crooks just trying to figure (laughs) out how to get the most money here. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And, and when I read, when I watched reviews and I read, uh, the directions and everything I, I wasn't quite sure how it was actually going to play because you can read these things and and be like okay i i don't know how this is going to translate into right. real life but it was it, it was so social and so much fun that uh i i really enjoyed it and i'd highly recommend it
0: yeah i could see that uh the rule of being hard to Translate that because it is there's so many things you can do on a turn and there's so many things that you can that seem connected But don't have to be you can threaten to rob someone, but you don't actually have to rob them right. You can rob someone else. Uh, you can bribe someone um, or or uh, So you have all these like things you can break apart in different ways and That's a strategy if you're like where I was you had kind of had to do that to throw a little more chaos into the mix um, But yeah, it's so great too with a lot of those games they become. It was nice to have that. Those options to be uh, offensive. You can do something to someone who's more powerful than you, and they can't really ignore you. Like if I threaten to rob you, you have to. They have to think for a second. Okay, is he really going to rob me, or do I just right. think this pipsqueak is just barking? Yeah, it's a, a tree lot of bluffing. And I will uh, ignore him and do whatever I really want to do, or do I waste my card defending my stash? Right. And that's such a fun. Oh, it was so fun. It was just so fun to play with that across the table. And as the dynamic, the other cool thing is as the first player moves, as the boss moves around the table, that dynamic shifts. So your strategy is adjusted slightly as it gets closer to you or farther away from you. Right. That was really interesting. That The feel of that made the game feel very alive and dynamic and just lended it even, even more to the theme.
1: Yeah, I agree. We'll definitely be playing that again. Yeah, so check that one out. So, yeah. Um, what else did we... We played Deep Sea Adventure.
0: Yeah, we played as a group uh, at the tail end of the game night uh, with everyone who was left. We had six people left, so we played that. I played it earlier in the night as well because uh, I introduced it to a couple people. And then I did a run through of uh, The Mind as well just because some other people hadn't played mm. that.
1: I'm still maintain <laughs> That's an activity. I, I don't I, disagree. <laughs> I, I didn't I, I didn't love The Mind. Um, I, I tried. Uh, it, I I understand where the game is now. Uh, yeah, I understand that there is some game in it. Uh, I would personally rather spend my time doing other games, um, but the the mind the, the mind sort of fell flat for me. Uh, Deep Sea Adventure, uh, I yeah, entered into. I had only ever played it with Kaz, two player, and it's fine as a two player game. Uh, but I didn't, I, I sort of felt like there wasn't a lot of difference from game to game. And I sort of felt like you're kind of sort of trying to do the same thing over and over, but sort of in vain. And, um, when they wanted to play it, uh, with a full player count, which is what six, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, "Eh, I don't love deep sea adventure, but it's like, all right, we'll play it anyway. So I'm like, okay, I'll play it. And, uh, and it really surprised me at a higher player count. I really, really enjoyed it. It uh, it added a lot of different dynamics as far as being able to um, try and use up oxygen really quick to to get everyone else stuck um, and shorten the path for next time. Uh, to you know the option of you know running down real quick, jumping over everybody, grabbing the first thing and running back. Um, it, it was just a lot of of <laughs> different. Dynamics that didn't necessarily come into play in the two-player game, so I I enjoyed it a lot more uh, at a higher player count. It sort of revitalized that game for me.
0: Yeah, I I had never played it for with six either. I I do like the game, but um, it was fun to see how it shifted drastically, and I think it it really does shine at six because there's so many more so many more things moving, obviously. But um, and then it feels more. A little more exciting because <clears throat> when you you can't occupy the same space as another player. So when you're counting down the path that everyone's counting down, you leapfrog everybody. And so if you're I don't know, let's just say you're last and there's five other people in front of you, kind of in a row. Your first move immediately jumps five spots. And so it feels like you are the game is uh, uh you and obviously you want to get deeper into the ocean quicker to get to the higher value treasures. And so you feel like ooh I'm getting there faster. It feels it feels more a little more exciting I I guess I would say. But it was a really fun to uh, to see how it affected how the game was affected by having a full count
1: yeah, I agree all right what uh, anything else
0: I think that's all that's I've been, uh, I
1: played I've been messing around with yeah all right well then um, we are gonna do a top five for you this week which is uh, gonna be the top five co-op games yes now I have <laughs> I have a top 50. <laughs> I have a top 10 that I am going to be paring down as we're doing the, the <laughs> podcast right. here. So uh, if you would like to go first, sure yeah. fire away. Just a brief
0: synopsis. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced co-op games. Um, uh, they're a very popular game style now. Uh, Pandemic is probably one of the most well-known ones that, that launched it. But the earliest, uh, they were co-op games... Um, there weren't that many, really, until like the early 2000s. And I think the first one that became kind of a bigger one was, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Camelot. Um,
1: oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. I should look this up, but I, I don't yeah. know why I'm having a brain yeah, aneurysm yeah. here because no, I, I know I, this
0: game. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I've played this game. i look it up. Um, I'm
0: gonna edit all this out. Shadows over Camelot. Shadows there we go. over Camelot, yes. Yeah, so Shadows over Camelot came out in 2005, and then, um, that was kind of the first... I think the, the first one that really did co-op really well, and also it, did, it had the distinction of also being, I think, the first trader mechanism. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, I think it's pretty well known for its trader mechanism, which I, I don't recall being in anything else. Yeah. There's nothing like that in Pandemic or anything. Um, But else. anyway, so
0: it's it's not... It's not a, it's, it's not that old, it's not that new of a a mechanism. But anyway, this is a long-winded explanation to say co-op is basically you're working together and to, uh, towards a common goal. Um, And I really love co-op games. Uh, Some people prefer the head-to-head competition. I like that, but I feel that a lot of game themes lend themselves specifically to co-op gameplay, and so it's nice to be able to feel that you're all in it together, and you each have a distinct ability or skill, and you've got to figure out how to uh, contribute that to the group, but also feel like you're getting enough autonomy to play the game yourself and enjoy it yourself. So with that being said, my list starts off. With a game, uh, and once again, mine are in no specific order. Uh, this is a game that I really enjoy, and I think it hits its theme very well. I've never played anything quite like it. That's Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Cool. Uh, Flashpoint Fire Rescue is a game where you are a group of firefighters, and you have been called to a house fire. You have an individual ability. It's it's an action point game. So on the, your turn, you have a certain amount of action points that you can <clears throat> that you can do a multiple. Uh, of things with, but basically you're going into the house. The fire is already started. There are there are points of interests, and those are little tokens that have a question mark on them. On the other side, they can be people that you need to rescue. It uh, can be pets. ...that you need to rescue. For, there's a point of contention in this game where people <laughs> say, why are pets the same value? Like, I want to rescue the pets, but why do I lose the game if I the cat is still in there? <laughs> and then they could also be blank, so you can go to a point of interest and find them, and uh, there's nothing there. So you you wasted kind of time going after it. So it's it's why I like this game is it does a really, really, really good job, I think, of simulating the chaos of fire... Because each turn the fire spreads in some ways, and it can have these compounding actions where, if there is a hot spot that pops up or a fire that um, that pops up, there are areas already fire. It will have a chain reaction where the fire expands rapidly, or it can pop up, and there can be a hot spot in some far flung corner of the house. Just because that's how fire works, it can travel under the house and pop up somewhere unexpected. And so you have to kind of manage the fire, keep it in check, while you're trying to rescue people. And also, you can do cool firemen things by, like, taking your axe and just busting through a wall if you don't want to find a door, if you're just sick of it. But the more damage this house has, the more structural damage the house has, the more dangerous it can be that it could potentially just collapse. If there's a certain amount of damage cubes that are in the game, and if they're all gone, the house is too unstable, and it will collapse, and you have lost the game. If the fire destroys the house, you've lost the game. If any a certain amount of uh, people have perished, you've lost the game. So there's kind of a severe theme in this game but it is all designed in a very light-hearted way it's not uh, it's not cartoony but it's not like people are dying here (laughs) either it's very uh it feels very approachable there are a lot of ways to play this game there's a family version there are multiple difficulty levels and so i just like it because it's it's a fun game to play and there's a lot of ways to play it depending on how intense of an experience you want
1: all right um yeah, I have not played it, but I thought I owned it at one point, and so I own an expansion for it, because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, the expansion's cheap, and I got it and realized that I didn't actually own the game, so uh, <laughs> what do you know? Uh, but I've heard good things. So Yeah, I'll
0: bring it, I have to bring it, uh, one, of these, one of the games in our two playlists for game night.
1: Okay. Well, I have a um, first on my list here, or uh, fifth on my list, I guess. Uh, and this, this one will not reflect an order of preference either, but this one actually goes along really well with, uh, Flashpoint, uh, and that's Police Precinct, which Ah. came out in 2013. Uh, it's for one to six players and it actually, uh, one of its things that it talks about is, uh, that it was kind of, uh, designed with, um... It, it, with some, some interaction by actual police detectives and that they use this game um, to help train actual police. Uh, I don't know how true that is and how much they use this, but uh, it is a very cool game. It's a co-op. You are all police officers in a rough and tumble city. And there is a serial killer on the loose. And you are trying to go to different places and interview different people, um, which allows you to draw different cards from different decks, which give you different clues. And um, in the meantime, you're dealing with uh, crime that continues to rise, that you have to either let the crime go up while you go get clues on the serial killer, or you take care of that crime, and the serial killer gets farther away. So there's a nice little balance there as far as um, that goes taking care of day-to-day business. Gangs show up. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's uh, It can be pretty challenging, especially because it, it does let you adjust the difficulty a little bit. So um, I've played it a few times. I think I've won it uh, I think I've lost once, but won the other two or three times. So um, it's not super, super difficult, but it is. it is, goes right down to the wire, and it's always uh, a lot of fun when you win. And so it's kind of a, and it it's, has sort of that element of realism to it that uh, I imagine Flashpoint does too, where you're like, well, this is like a thing in real life. You know, I'm not fighting aliens or super powered guys. I'm, yeah. you know, this is actually a thing that happened. So, um, but it's it's a pretty cool game. I, I like it a lot. And it is on my list of top five co-op games.
0: Cool. All right. I have, the next one I will jump into is uh, Mysterium. Uh, Mysterium is uh, mostly co-op, but there is a one, not a one V all. You are, are cooperatively doing everything, but there's a one player who takes on a different role than all the other players. The premise of Mysterium is that there is a uh, one player is a murder victim <clears throat> and um, they are a ghost and you are all mediums. The other players are all mediums and you are trying to solve their my- the mystery of what happened to them. Um, the ghost can help you, but the ghost cannot, uh, talk to you. They communicate through cards, uh, and clues that they give through cards and, uh, and the mediums have to, uh, take those, those pieces of information and, um, and look at their own hand of cards and figure out what, what they're trying to communicate and then make guesses and play them down. So it's this very interesting feel of a game where the mediums are all discussing and chatting and it's very it's it's lively but it it does feel very ethereal and uh the art is it's it's similar to dixit in the art is just kind of bizarre and weird Mm. um but very uh airy and mysterious so i really like mysteria mainly because it's different than a lot of other co-op games in feel but it's very satisfying in the fact that you are cooperatively kind of working together, but you are individually trying to solve the murder um, uh, as well, because uh, you you progress to you uh, figure out certain things at certain times, and if you're if you're having trouble with the I think it's the location, you don't get uh, to the next area where you reveal like um, who did it or or how they did it. So you are cooperatively figuring it out, but at the same time you are individually trying to get points. So it's just a great game that's different than a lot of other games and uh, I love playing it when I'm in the mood for kind of a um, a unique experience.
1: Uh, I've heard uh, Mysterium compared a lot to, um, to Deception Murder in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah the dynamic is similar Deception Murder in Hong Kong is a social deduction game where there is one player who was the um, investigator and right. they are doing the same thing where they can't talk but they can give you clues, a series of clues. So right. it's very, very similar. The way the other players play, though, is the difference. They're, um, uh, in Deception Burner Hong Kong, you are a little more... You're trying to find out something differently because the murder is in the room, so it's more of an immediate okay. um, thing, whereas Mysterium, it's, it's a little different.
1: All right. Well, my next one is... Sentinels of the Multiverse came out in 2011 and is for two to five players and it is a co-op game in which you are superheroes uh, all fighting a bad guy who's controlled by a deck of cards so um, each bad guy has their own villain deck Uh, each player has their own superhero deck that is unique to the hero that they are Um, and so they draw a hand of cards from their deck and they play one. And that's sort of how every turn works. Uh, It's fairly, the turns are fairly quick. So there's not a lot of analysis paralysis. One of the things I really like about uh, this game is that it it does kind of mitigate some of the quarterbacking that you can see in a lot of other games, uh, other co-op games specifically. Because you're not, everybody doesn't have as pure defined a role it's not like you are the healer and i am the brute it's uh there's things in your deck that can do all sorts of stuff so and you never know what anybody has in their hand because they they don't play you know face up so It's kind of like a, Hey, I know what I can do. And then the next person knows what they can do. And the next person knows what they can do instead of a, all right, I'm going to do this. Then you do this. and Kaz, make sure that you do this and then do this. Then it'll come back to me and I'll do this done. All right. I just won the game by myself. Uh, it doesn't feel like that. And I kind of like when games can do that.
0: Yeah, I like this game a lot too. I'm gonna talk about a similar one, uh, which is one of my favorite games overall. Later on, I, I could just jump Don't to it right what now, that but is. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, uh, why not? Why not? Why why allude to a future? Let's just get into it. Uh, I'll just jump into one of mine, which is Aeon's End, which has a similar. Um, uh, play style to sentinels but i do like both i actually feel like they're distinct enough that you could have both and enjoy both me personally i prefer playing and and not say prefer because i've never had a point where i've had to decide between the two i just like ands and uh, or i find myself playing ands and more partly because i own it <laughs> so that's usually a big big reason but um it's a little it's only it's slightly more customizable as a game to play, uh, Sentinels is great, and Sentinels is really fun to choose a hero and their deck and their distinct powers and how they inter interplay. Aeon's End has that as well. The difference really is that Aeon's End has a market that is available that you can customize or change in any way you want to affect how the overall characters are um, building their deck. So there's a deck building aspect of it of it that i that i enjoy but they're both really great games a and end as well i think does a good job of getting rid of quarterbacking and the fact that you have this one ability that is um kind of like if your contribution to the group like let's i play the healer a lot because i intro the game a lot and you it's a hard game so you usually want a healer But I also still am able to uh, become a spellcaster if I want to and cast fighting spells. Or I can become a support character and just double down on that and do cards that boost and buff other characters. So based on how you've built the market, and there's a lot of variability there, you can have a lot of options to play your character the way you want to, while still, at the same time, fitting the role that you uh, need to as a group uh, contributor. So... The other good thing about it is as just like Sentinels it has several like bad guys in the base game and they all play differently so you have to yeah. approach them differently so in that way they're they're very similar in a, in a really good way and that you have a, a different game feel each time you play cuz each bad guy is going to have a drastically different way that it's going to fight you.
1: Yeah, and I don't know uh, how many expansions Anzend has but I know Sentinels has just a ton of them. There there's a million Different expansions for Sentinels. Yeah. Uh, so it can see. It seems to. If if you have the time and money to put into it, it can definitely be um, extremely replayable. So.
0: Yeah, Anzin has a fair amount. Um, I think there's. Jeez, uh, I'm always I'm always wrong when I try to guess stuff like this. But I think there's there's at least six, and I think there's oh, wow. around because uh, it's become. It's become it's it's sort of like hiddenly popular. There's a there's a core group of players in uh, worldwide who really like this game and support it. And so they just did a legacy version. Um, they just did a reboot kind of of the base game semi recently. And um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of playability if you want to get deep into the end world as well. And uh, I would suggest checking it out because I I really
1: enjoy this game and I yeah I've played it once. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot. So it did remind me a lot of Sentinels. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of similarities. Okay, back to you.
1: So my top three, oddly enough, and I'm not sure how it ended up this way, are all horror games. So I am going to pick for my number three uh, the Umbrella of Arkham Horror. So I'm going to call this the Board Game 3rd Edition and the Living Card Game because I kind of put them sort of in the same grouping, depending on how many players you have sure. to play with and how much time you have. Um, they're both a co-op experience, and they're both very similar in mechanisms and in feel and in story. Yeah, um, It just sort of depends on what you have and what you've put your money into. Um, Arkham Horror, the board game, is a much larger uh, production, yes, <laughs> but uh, you will spend a lot less money on it True. than you will on the Living Card Game. So, um, those uh, I, I really like them. I like because you can solo both of them, uh, and they're so themey and just dripping with story. And it's they're just creepy, and it's uh, it's a fun co op experience. It can. Uh, I think that it is it is exceptionally both of them are exceptionally prone to quarterbacking. So be careful who you play them with. If you have an alpha gamer in the group, um, this may not be the game to play with them uh, because they this definitely has the ability because the characters can become so specialized. Um, Even if they have you know, uh, they're a little higher in a couple different things, there's inevitably going to be one thing that they're sort of relegated to. Right, yeah. And um, it, if you want the, the full experience, uh, play with people who either haven't played before or who are more in tune with, hey, I just want us all to kind of... Play and be ourselves, and and feel the game out, and, and have, make our own experiences rather than uh, here step by step, A, B, and C, what we need to do to win this game. So um, be beware of that. But otherwise, it is uh, they are both exceptional games. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm going to piggyback once again
0: on that, and my contribution to the uh, a co-op of that ilk is uh, Elder Sign. I thought I'd um, mention Elder Sign at least because Elder Sign's a good. That's a great it's one. It's a good entry point to Cthulhu um, games. It is co- is a cooperative game. It was designed by the games that guys that designed Arkham Horror and it's kind of a very slim down experience of Cthulhu. So it's dice rolling and it's sim- it has all the same things that other Lovecraftian Cthulhu games have where you're an investigator, you're, you know, you're taking all the same notes, you're running around a haunted library, you're there's monsters that are popping up, you got to fight them. Uh, but it's all in dice. So the detriment of this one is if you don't like the very uh, the luck of dice, then this is probably going to annoy you <laughs> because this game is very hard. And sometimes you feel, yeah. can feel like, oh, I'm just the dice are not on my side to right now.
1: Well, it can be super duper easy and right. it can be super duper hard. It depends on the dice. There are ways to mitigate the dice mm-hmm. in, in Elder Sign. Um, but it's basically, I mean, if you tear it down to its core, it's uh, Cthulhu Yahtzee. Effectively, yeah, yeah, with um, some mild, oh, yeah. yeah, but but some there there are, but. and definitely there's there's ways to to counter things and mitigate die rolls and things like that, which I I like a lot. And this was actually on my list originally, but um, I I got to tear I had to get rid of five <laughs> of them, so I'm yeah. glad you I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, I like it a lot.
0: I do too. It's it's scratches an itch and it's a short. It's not super short game. I think it's around you know for they say around ninety minutes. I've I've had games that go quick or definitely quicker than that um i don't think i've had anything that's gone like not longer than that so it's actually surprisingly accurate for uh play time. but uh but yeah it's great it, it, it'd be a good one if you were t- want, curious about a cthulhu game and wanted to try it with with a group to see if your group would kind of like it uh i would give Elder Sign a, a chance and if you like it even at all even if you're like oh this game is a little frustrating because we don't like the dice well but if you like the feel of it than these other two games which are better games i would say the lcg and arkham horror itself are better games than this so but they're just a lot longer and more in depth this is a, a good little test uh, for you guys to check out and i would definitely even try it even if you're not if you want to play those games it's a yeah good
1: game. I, I see elder sign as, as a cthulhu light it's yeah. it's the the arkham files games from from fantasy flight but it is it, it is lighter it's uh it's easier to get into it's quicker um it but but it is a different experience. Totally, so, yeah, very different, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So was that that was your number three or four? Uh, that was four?
0: my number four. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, my number four. Oh, I realize. just realized I have six. <laughs> so let's. We might be doing a top six here.
1: Okay. Well, if we're doing a top six, <laughs> I, I I have a right. six. Um, we'll do an honorable mention. Okay. Cool. Okay. So um, my number I guess my number two would be uh, Dead of Winter. Ah, uh-huh. Which we have talked about before and we have played. It is a co-op game with uh, about zombies and the zombie apocalypse, and you are survivors, and you're that's all you're really trying to do is survive. You're, um, it's bleak, it's dark, um, but you're all working together, and if played under the right circumstances with the right people, can absolutely be a a chilling experience and a, a bonding experience and just a fun one of those uh experience games you know rather than you know i'm just rolling dice and i'm just you're 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 bonding with each other and it's uh you're going through this experience together and i really like that there is a potential for a trader mechanism which i like it, it adds that extra edge to it when you when you think about it if you actually do the odds chances are better that you don't have a trader than you do but you always suspect that you do and i find oddly enough that more often than not you do yeah even though you shouldn't but you you do <laughs> um so there, there's always that that in the back of everybody's mind you know as they work together is can you really really be trusted and i i think uh this is a game that that does that and it doesn't force it um i i i really enjoy the way that it it works and uh i'm looking forward to playing it again i yeah
0: i've only played this the one time when you were um it to us and i really really enjoyed it so i would love also love to play it again i i love i love the fact that there may or may not be a traitor uh but like you're saying that feel this hovering there's always hovering and yeah. and so and there's a lot of hard decisions you've got to make in this game so it's not always clear if you're just being an ept you're making a decision based on your own personal goals, which may not necessarily contribute to the greater good, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the trader. Um, so there's a lot of shade being thrown on a lot of areas of the game or a lot of confusion being thrown into the game about exactly what's going on and what are you doing and why are you doing that. And I really enjoyed the experience a lot, so I would recommend that game as well. All right. Okay, let's see. Um, so I, uh, I think I'll throw in the inevitable one that i was going to mention and i'll do my honorable mention after that uh my my fifth is of course pandemic and uh, which is going to be i think uh, and it may, it's hard not to have this game in any of these co-op lists pandemic really was a bl- uh, exploded uh as one of the best co-op games ever in, in its time when it first came out and still remains very relevant as a good co-op experience. There are many expansions, many alternate pandemic versions. Um, there are two legacy games that are out that are great. I have not played either of them, but I own both of them. I recently bought the first one. I didn't tell Bill this yet, but I found a really good deal Uh-oh. and I got it. <laughs> so I'm going to be playing that soon. Um, and it just, it it's it's a great feeling game. It's a unique theme and it does its, theme, its themes well. As it's getting older, though, the base game at least is showing its age a little bit. It does lend itself to quarterbacking, and it lends it because your, your uh, specific ability as a character is very specific. And there's not a lot of variety that you can uh, throw into your um, personal character to make it that much different than other players. Because outside of what you can do specifically, you're all pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, on the board so that's sounds like a detriment and to a degree it is but only because there are many many games that have come out uh, especially in the last couple years that have really tried to offset the quarterbacking problem with co-ops but this pandemic came out before quarterbacking was even a term (laughs) and so yeah it uh and it's something you can if you're aware of the possibility of it happening if you're running the game you can be you can offset it to a large degree uh or prevent you know the urge of your own Need to, to to direct players to do certain things. Uh, I like it at all player counts. My wife and I have actually played this two player, and I still think it plays great two player. You can um, throw there's a lot of variability even in the base game. The there's different players uh, types of players. You can choose your choose your player so their ability. You can randomly select them to make it a more um, surprising game. You can choose the difficult level difficulty level to uh, adjust that. There's just a lot of variability, and uh, it still holds up quite well.
1: Yes. Well, I was going to mention my uh, my number one, but uh, I'd actually like to do my um, honorable mention here because it ties into Pandemic, Okay. and it is a series of games that is uh, often referred to as Pandemic Light, uh, designed also by Matt Leacock, so... Same, same designer as Pandemic, and that's the Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, oh, yeah. Forbidden Sky. Um, they're all basically the same system. Um, they're effectively Junior Pandemic, sure, uh, and so they do a lot of what Pandemic does, but on a smaller scale. Um, and they are they're very light games. Uh, they're a little light for me. Uh, I have uh, Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert i don't ever play forbidden island i've played forbidden desert a couple times but only because people have wanted to play it um, oh, sure. i've never come out and been like we need to play forbidden desert <laughs> um truthfully if i want this kind of experience i would probably play pandemic but um both of these games forbidden island and forbidden desert uh, are great gateway games uh, to get yeah. people into what is a co-op, um, Pandemic is a reasonable co-op game, but it is a little advanced for somebody like it's tough, to brand new um, yeah. to to the hobby. So uh, if somebody really liked, um, you know, I don't know, uh, Settlers of Catan, they'd probably be into Pandemic. Um, if they all they know is monopoly and sorry i would start them out with forbidden island um, that is the simpler of the the bunch um, so that's that's my my honorable mention not necessarily because i think it's a phenomenal game but because it ties into pandemic um, it does what it does very well and it's a great intro into co-ops in general so um did you was you
0: well, I will just double down on that I okay. uh, I own for I don't own Forbidden Island. I own Forbidden Desert. And the main reason I do own it is um, Forbidden Island plays four, and Forbidden Desert plays five at the max. Um, I'm not sure about Forbidden Sky. I have not played that one. I've heard really great things about it, but I would just agree with that. I really like the one thing about these games, even though they do have a similar feel, like Bill is saying about Pandemic. They their themes are really cool. Forbidden Island just is just a quirky really cool theme where you're trying to get off this island or escape this island forbidden desert is where you are explorers trapped in a desert and the one thing i love about that game is it has this sandstorm that is moving around the board uh oh, forbidden islands five
1: forbidden skies
0: Oh, skies five okay um and that i so it's just the the mechanic or mechanism of that is really fun uh, to see the sandstorm physically moving around the board and changing the board it will throw more sand in your way and you've got to get rid of the sand so you can tr- trudge through the desert and explore and to find these uh, these components you need to find so I, I just agree I really like the game they there it's a game that I don't get on the table a lot but um, when I do I, it always reminds me uh, oh yeah I love this game this game's really great so that just second on second on those All right. Uh, My honorable mention is um, a game that um, surprised me because of how it balances a pretty, uh, when you think about a very dark theme with a very um, lighthearted, kind of lighthearted feel or uh, art style, and that is the Grizzled. Uh, the grizzled is a really great card game community co-op card game it's two to five players and it is the premise is that you are uh, a group of friends who are currently involved in world war one you are frontline infantry soldiers in world war one and all you are trying to do is survive the war keep your spirits up and get home and that sounds that sounds depressing and it is but it, it is, depressing. The game, the is depressing the whole game is the whole game when you would if you stop and think about everything it's very depressive but the gameplay is quick it is superbly satisfying and the sense of camaraderie like you can make like after battles you can make uh, make one of your suffering characters a cup of tea and be like chin up son you're doing great we can get through this we'll be <laughs> home in no time and so there's this sense of like english stiff upper lip to it and i don't know if it's english or american but uh well probably because you're making yourself a cup of tea so it's probably english but um we drink
1: coffee here in america Yeah,
0: gosh darn it tea what is that uh so but it's it's just it's just very well done it's a satisfying game it's got some really fun um stages in the game um it's a community effort of how to lessen the effects of the war on yourself or other players you're gonna you're gonna have damage you're gonna be shell shocked you but you also are working together and have this great sense of camaraderie um um that uh was just surprising i was really surprised by it i knew it was a good game and people liked it but when i played it i didn't i was so surprised at how much i really liked it
1: yeah it, it i enjoyed it a lot too uh we played it um a few times back way back when game group kind of first started uh, we played it a handful of times. A guy brought it. And that's the experience I have with it. Uh, we played it maybe two or three times, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it it is pretty depressing, um, yeah, yeah. but but it is fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a uh, a little. I thought it was a little tough to get a grasp on right off the bat. Yes. Like I wouldn't want to go around explaining it to new people. It's not because it's a really difficult game to get. You just need to play it a few times to kind of really understand what's going on. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll second that. That that's a good one.
0: I'm also um, a sucker for World War One. There's not enough World War One related thing. Like World War Two gets all the glory, which makes yeah. sense—bigger war, more recent. But well, I don't
1: think anyone knows much about World War One. <laughs> They're like, which one was that? Is that the one before World War Two? <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, because that's numbers. The, now that I think about it, it's yep, obvious. But yep. yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm a sucker for anything that can um, use that as a theme, and this one does it exceptionally well.
1: All right, all right. So what's your honorable, or no? This is your number one. My number one, and this is this is my favorite co-op game, and um, very. I've played it with a few people who will never play with me again. Um, it's, monopol- no. <laughs> it's Monopoly. it's uh, Monopoly. Co-op Monopoly. Monopoly, how uh, would that even be? No, it's uh, Zombicide. Oh, I've heard of. Uh, I am a, <laughs> I've a stories of this big fan of Zombicide. Um, there's a few play- players from Game Group who will no longer play with me. Um, I I play Zombicide the way I think it should be played, which <laughs> is it's a co-op game, but at the same time. Uh, you got to get yours, you know. <laughs> oh, if somebody yeah. else is is running away from the zombie, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna fight him so I can get buffed up, you know. Sure. Uh, and yeah, sorry, I'm a level three, and you guys are all level ones because you're pansies. <laughs> it's fine. It's that's not how this is supposed to work. You're supposed to fight. It's Zombicide, um, and Zombicide is a kind of an over-the-top zombie miniatures game. It's uh, it's played with tabletop miniatures. And um, it is,, uh, there's missions. It's all scenario based. So uh, depending on how long you have and what uh, how many players you have and all that, the setup's completely different every time, and these scenarios are really different every time. And there's a ton of expansions and there's different seasons. Um, I have seasons two and three. Uh, as well as, like, the mall expansion and another one. And I have a bunch of the extra minis that come out and stuff. Um, so I have quite a bit of Zombicide stuff. Nobody to play it with, really. But um, it it is, when I say it's over the top, it is over the top. It's kind of campy. I mean, you have things like... You know, you're going after zombies with tile saws and you know, you know, double chainsaws and barbed wire baseball bats and stuff. And um, it's kind of, you know, sort of almost cartoonian punk rock sort of hardcore, um, but it's got a real cool aesthetic to it. It's uh, it's got a it's really fun gameplay, uh, and and I just really. I really enjoy it um, for when I'm in the mood for a a co-op, miniatures game where I just wanna go beat up on zombies.
0: So. Yeah, I've never played it, but I've heard that it's just satisfying. That it's kind of, it's, I think it's like why I love Kemet so much is that it's just satisfying to like, I just wanna fight some stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and when I played with these people, they were like, a lot of them were like, let's run away, and I'm like, <laughs> no, let's fight, because when we fight, then we go up in levels, and then we, we get stronger, and then the zombies come out more. So like, and, and that's what upset everyone else is when anyone in the group it goes up a level, the zombies get harder. So I right. oh, got okay. us up like three levels. We're fighting much harder zombies <laughs> and everyone <laughs> else is at level one and they're all getting beat up because they they didn't pony up when they were supposed to. <laughs> and it's just, it's like one of those things where I'm not going to run away. The whole reason I'm playing this game is so I can kill zombies. You know, at some point you stood up and just screamed, you're all dead weight. Yeah, you're pretty all much. dead weight. Pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Zombicide a lot. It gets kind of a bad rap sometimes, um, especially because there's one rule in there that I do not play with uh, that they removed for uh, the Black Plague uh, version of it, which is medieval times. But um, that is uh, th- there used to be this rule. Well, there still is in the regular game where if you shoot into uh, a square with zombies and a player—you'll automatically hit the player first. Oh, that's dumb. As opposed to there being a chance of hitting the player and a chance of hitting the zombie. Um, I play with—I play the other way, so uh, it's much more satisfying for me that way. And uh, it's an easy fix, and that's usually everyone's complaint—is that that one rule. So. Uh, just, just house rule it, man. Just house rule yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's another tip. <laughs> good, good one. Always play. A game. If there's something that really ruins a game for you, just don't play that with that. <laughs> the yeah. B- designers, all designers, I think, want you to enjoy their game. And if they feel like something
1: is hanging you up, just yeah, house rule it well there's sometimes uh if you watch like tom vassell's a lot of his reviews um he'll be like you know i really like this game except for like this one card so i tore it up yeah you're like, oh, I, okay yeah, good for you man yeah Kudos. i mean right right on don't don't play with that if it doesn't work out for your game group if it does then you know leave it in there
0: so phil tears up every machi coro board he sees every single one whether
1: or not he owns it yep it's uh it's cost me a lot of He's money. has been kicked out of Targets. <laughs> so, yeah, it's terrible. It's very expensive. Just punching through them. Yes. So You're uh, no space base. Well, that is that that's true. Koro will never be space based. <laughs> uh, so that is my list of co-op games and that's your list of co-op games.
0: And there are many 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 more that we left off that we really really enjoyed. Um so, you know, co-op is co-op is such a great genre um and there's a lot of good ones um so yeah if you haven't if you haven't uh, i'm sure you have actually no it's hard to avoid co-op games these days because there's a lot of them they just fit certain themes very well um yeah you know, so like like that firefighting game. There's not going to be a firefighting game where you're going to be like, it's only competing. me, guys. <laughs> you're competing to, to put out fire. <laughs> sabotage your fellow firefighters <laughs> to, uh, to be, be the best firefighter and, and uh, forget yourselves, people who need saving. I have to be the best.
1: Yeah, um, you just set other people's houses on fire <laughs> yeah, exactly. so that yeah. you can put them out. Setting side fires. Yeah.
0: Um, um, so yeah, it just lends itself to certain themes. And I think it was such a big breakthrough because of that, because there are some games that that it wouldn't make sense to be competitive with and so the fact that you can still be an individual player and do it as a group feels so cool yeah agreed so um
1: all right well i just want to mention one thing before we're we're finished um and that was uh kaz and i did a design day yesterday yes kind of a fun roasted game design jam as i like to call them yeah um, which is different than a design jelly because there's actual fruit in jam. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, it's it, a high.
0: it's the top shelf the more expensive. right, but better for you.
1: Exactly. So um, we basically sat down with my gigantic box of prototyping material and uh, we whipped out a prototype from zero. Like we sat down with kind of almost sort of an idea of, been, sort yeah, of what we wanted to do. We've been talking over concepts
0: the last several weeks and yeah. then we finally we set some
1: time aside to actually we had dedicate to prototype the theme and we sat down and we're like, "Okay, here's a couple rando ideas." And uh, we ended up putting together a prototype, playing through a full game of it, two player, and walked away feeling exceptionally good about ourselves. And really feeling proud of where this is headed. Uh, I posted a picture on Instagram last week of uh, of that, and and on Twitter. So if uh, if you're interested in kind of what that raw first iteration looked like, yeah, uh, then take a look at that. We're we're gonna play test it a little bit more, get a few more things in order, balance a little bit, and then uh, probably print up a better looking prototype. Um, And then we'll, at that point, we'll probably talk more about the theme and kind of what we're working on and that sort of stuff. But we don't, we're sort of keeping it a little under wraps at the moment until we kind of have it a little, tweaked a little more to where we want it. But uh, we are are in the lab working it out.
0: But yeah, check out, uh, yeah, like Bill was saying, you can check out some of the updates we'll be posting, some of the pictures as we progress, and you can kind of see a little bit of how we are working on it or our process and um, the chaos of our process. And, uh, but also it's kind of fun to see a game and just almost inexplicable levels of development. Like it's very unclear what's happening yeah. <laughs> in these pictures, but it's, but uh, you can kind of get a sense of uh, some of the things we're trying.
1: Yeah. And I think in the f- in future episodes, I'd like to talk about kind of some of the design decisions, you know, and, yeah. and, and Hey, here's what we want to achieve. How do we do this while sticking with the theme? Um, we've put together a couple mechanisms that don't necessarily always go hand in hand with each other. So um, I, I, I would love to talk a little more at some point about uh, what some of those decisions were and where we we came up with and why we decided to yeah. go the way we did.
0: Things so, we're running up against or things we yeah. think are really going well because, um, like Bill said, we were really happy how... It came together already. When you have a prototype or an early version, it's there's going to be a lot of a lot of stumbling blocks that you kind of play around and just note. Okay, we got to address that. Let's address that. Let's address that. But what we came up with the other day is um, was actually uh, surprisingly. We were really happy with it. So I mean, there's a lot to do. We shouldn't say that we didn't just make an amazing game right away. But there's a lot to do. But um, it's a good feeling when you feel you're farther along than you might have imagined. Versus like, I like what we're doing, but we're definitely not there. This felt like we uh, we started really strong
1: absolutely all right well uh get in touch with us uh you know how twitter uh roasted games one and instagram uh facebook join the conversation and uh you can visit us also at uh ease-drop dot com uh search for roasted games and we are right there
0: that's us all right guys well thank you for listening and we will catch you next time
1: see ya.